Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Today, we're going to continue with a series of teachings entitled The Dangers of a Hardened Heart. This is, of course, the third and final teaching on the subject, and we will pick it up from a conversation Jesus is having with his disciples after the miracle of feeding, not once but twice, thousands of men and women with very little bread and fish. And I'm sure you've read in your Bibles, in the Gospel according to St. Matthew and Mark, the feeding of the thousands, once with five loaves and two fish. He fed 5,000 men besides women and children. And um, the second time, he fed 4,000 with seven loaves and I think two fish. But before we do that, we're going to go over our foundational scripture once again from Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. I'm going to read it both from the New King James Version as well as the New Living Translation. The New King James Version says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. The New Living Translation says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So let's pick up where we left off. And as I have mentioned to you, we're going to pick it up from a conversation Jesus is having with his disciples. And we read that in Mark's Gospel, chapter 8, verses 15 through to 21. Mark's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 15 through to 21. Then he, that is Jesus, charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have no bread. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, Why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? Remember, we are speaking about the dangers of the hardened heart. And notice what Jesus said to them, Do you not yet perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of fragrance did you take up? They say to him, 12. Also, when I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets full of fragrance did you take up? And they said, seven. So he said, 
to them. How is it you do not understand? In this conversation, Jesus is endeavoring to warn his disciples to beware and to take heed of the doctrine of the Pharisees and that of Herod, which is similar to leaven that eventually spreads and pollutes the heart and mind with hypocrisy. That was what Jesus was endeavoring to communicate to them. Please notice that Jesus is endeavoring to communicate an important truth and he was hoping to shield them from deception as well as from the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. The disciples, though, misunderstood his warning completely and thought he was talking to them about bread. And of course, the cause of this misunderstanding, it was the hardened hearts. Now, there are two train of thoughts here that we need to look at. The first one is a hardened heart will reason and will worry, but a tender heart will believe and rely on God for all things and in all circumstances. Now, what were they reasoning among themselves? What were they worried or discussing? They, they were reasoning about they forgot to take bread with them. In other words, they were not even touched or moved by the miracles they have seen Jesus do with the bread. Isn't that amazing? Here is the Lord feeding thousands of people with five loaves and two fish. They got onto the boat to go to the other side and they started to reason and worry that they forgot to take any bread with them. <laughs> Even though they participated in the miracle of feeding thousands, they still worried about not having any bread. You know, let us not be too harsh with the disciples here because how often we do the same and we worry about things which Jesus said he has already taken care of. Listen to him speaking to us once again about these things that so often we spend so much time and so much of our life worrying about. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, Jesus said, Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Now, here's the point that we need to take hold of. Because the disciples' hearts were hardened, 
they could not perceive the warnings Jesus was endeavoring to communicate to them. They completely missed the whole point. As a result, they left themselves open to deception. And let me mention this. God's Spirit is always endeavoring to communicate truth to us every single day. This truth comes in a form of warning at times. At other times, it comes in a form of teaching and admonishing. And other times, in a form of encouragement and affirmation. Now, if our hearts are hardened, we will fail to receive what the Spirit is endeavoring to communicate to us. You see, a hardened heart, as we've mentioned before, loses its ability to perceive truth or act upon the truth. Because all spiritual senses are dulled and unable to function. That is why Jesus said to them, having eyes you do not see. Didn't you see the miracle that I have just performed? Having ears do you not hear? Not only the spiritual senses were dulled, but they also forgot the miracles they had just witnessed. This is amazing to me. And this is what a hardened heart does. It has the tendency to easily forget the goodness of God the miracles he does, and his loving kindness toward us. And Jesus referring to this, he said to them, don't you remember the miracles of the brain? In other words, have you gone completely dull? We can be in a place where the presence of God is strong. We can be in a place where miracles are taking place, where wisdom and truth is flowing freely. But if the heart is hardened, we will not be able to receive anything. In fact, the opposite may take place. We could end up resisting the spirit and become offended at what is taking place. And this is how serious the issue of the hardened heart is. David in the book of Psalms, if you remember, reminds his soul not to forget the Lord's benefits, but to name them one by one and bless the Lord for his benefits. Take a look at with me, please. Psalms 103, verses 1 through 5. Psalm 103, verse 1 through 5. David is speaking to his soul, reminding his soul, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Notice how David tells his soul to bless the Lord and to remember 
all the benefits of the Lord. And he goes on to list them one by one. We ought to do the same, I believe, every single day. We ought to remind ourselves of the Lord's blessing by naming every blessing we receive through Christ. Notice what David said. You forgive all mine iniquities. You heal all my diseases. You are my forgiver and my healer. You redeemed my life from destruction. You crowned me with your loving kindness and your tender mercies. You satisfy my mouth with good things. You renew my youth like the eagles. All of these are the blessings of the Lord that we received because of Christ. That way, if we do that, we maintain the tenderness of our hearts as we put our focus on God and remind ourselves of who he is and what he has done for us. That is one of the ways where we keep a tender heart, by being thankful, by focusing on the goodness of God, by focusing on the mercy of God, by focusing on what Jesus has done for us, rather than focusing on the circumstances on the outside of us. Well, <clears throat> there was another incident where Jesus again rebukes the disciples for the heart and hearts. And this is recorded in Mark's gospel after the resurrection. Mark's gospel, chapter 16 and verse 14. Later, he appeared to the eleven, that is Jesus, as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. Notice that Jesus calls a hardened heart also a heart of unbelief. One of the trademarks of the hardened heart is unbelief. The disciples did not believe the report that Jesus had risen from the dead because they had a hardened heart. Now, they saw Jesus raising the dead more than once. I mean, it shouldn't have been strange to them that Jesus had risen from the dead. Why? Because he told them that he would rise on the third day. But none of his words were remembered and none of his words were believed. And that's why Jesus rebuked them for the hardness of the heart and unbelief. Now, let's not be too harsh in judging the disciples for their unbelief because, you know, most of us who profess faith in Christ find it hard to believe the good news of the gospel unless we have some physical proof or physical evidence that it is so. And sometimes we act like Thomas did. Unless I see and unless I feel, I will not believe. Let me give you a couple of examples. The word of God says that we are highly favored and blessed beyond measure. Now, instead of believing that word and rejoicing over it, we measure that favor by what we see in our present circumstances. 
In other words, we are prone to believe more what we see and feel rather than what the Word of God says. Amen? Are you with me? Let me give you another example. The Word of God declares that we are forgiven for all of our sins, that is past, present, and future. But the moment something bad happens to us, we immediately think that God is punishing us because of our sins. Come on, let's, let's be honest here. Why is that? Because we, we do not truly believe from our hearts that we are forgiven. We have been made righteous. Amen? So let's not judge the disciples harshly. The tendency not to believe the good news of the kingdom, but rather focus on an evil report, is a characteristic, I believe, of a hardened heart. A hardened heart has more confidence in what the devil can do rather than what God can do. And that is why I believe God grieves over the heart and hearts of his people. And he weeps over the lack of repentance we display when it comes to this matter. And you know, I have realized through the years that I have walked with God and observed other believers along the journey that we don't have to commit some grave sin for our hearts to grow cold and hard and insensitive. All we need to do is become negligent and lazy when it comes to engaging the Lord regularly in prayer and in fellowship with his word. Just neglect, neglect your time with the Lord, your fellowship with him, your prayer, and uh, your, your, your time with God, the, the time that we is spend in, in the word. Just neglect that for a few weeks and you find that your heart will grow cold and insensitive. In Proverbs chapter 24, we see the results of a man who has become negligent and lazy in taking care of his field. And I want us to pay attention to these verses of Scripture because they communicate wisdom and understanding to us. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 30 through to 34 says the following. I went by the field of the lazy man and by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding. And there it was, all overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with nettles. Its stone wall was broken down. And when I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, so shall your poverty come like a prowler and your need like an armed man. Now, Solomon wants to communicate some wisdom to us. He says, take a look at this lazy man. This man, Proverbs speaks about, was lazy and he lacked understanding. Instead of tending to his vineyard, the word says he was sleeping. Before long, the vineyard was overgrown with thorns and thistles. 
Now, the Word of God repeatedly warns us. When we read about sleep in the Bible, he's talking about negligence of prayer and fellowship with God. The Word of God repeatedly warns us to be watchful and alert, especially in prayer. Jesus said to the disciples, watch and pray. Why? That you may not fall into temptation. Paul, writing to the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 6 and 7, says, Therefore, let us not sleep. He's not talking about sleeping at night. He's not talking about natural sleep. He's talking about spiritual numbness, going to sleep instead of being alert spiritually. He says, therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. And I've said this before in our previous lessons. We need to realize that it is our responsibility to keep and to maintain the tenderness of our heart. Just like the farmer is responsible to keep his field cultivated, free from weeds and the things which prevent it from producing a harvest. And we live in a hostile world. We are surrounded every single day with unbelief and the negative trends of this evil present world. Now, keeping a tender heart in that kind of environment that is filled with violence and hatred, it takes work, it takes effort, and most of all, watchfulness. Imagine your heart as a garden that needs to be tended to regularly if it's to maintain its beauty and its pleasantness and tenderness. The Word of God says in Philippians 2.12, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, working out our own salvation with fear and trembling does not mean that we strive in the flesh to accomplish something in our own strength. But rather, what it means is to rely on the grace of God to keep us in an attitude of prayer and watchfulness. Amen? Keep looking to the Lord. And Jesus warned the disciples, and I believe he's warning us today, about the end of the age and the things which will come to pass before his coming. And he said the following, and I'm reading this from the Amplified Translation. Luke 21, verse 34 to 36. But take heed to yourselves and be on your guard lest your hearts be overburdened and depressed, weighed down with the giddiness and the headache and the nausea of self-indulgence, drunkenness, worldly worries and cares pertaining to the business of this life, and lest that day come upon you suddenly like a trap or a noose. For it will come upon all who live upon the face of the entire earth. Notice what he says now. Keep awake and watch at all times, 
Be discreet, attentive, and ready, praying that you may have the full strength and ability and be counted worthy to escape all these things taken together that will take place and to stand in the presence of the Son of Man. Now, Jesus mentioned three things here that can dull and harden our hearts. Number one, self-indulgence. That means giving in to the desires of the flesh. If it feels good, go ahead and do it. He's talking about overeating and drinking. He's talking about getting drunk. And the third is the worries and the cares of this life can harden and dull our hearts. But then he shows us the way of escaping these things by giving ourselves to seeking God in prayer and being watchful. If you ask me, what is the prophetic word of the Lord for this hour? I would say it is recorded in the book of Hosea chapter 10 and verse 12. What is God saying to us? What is the Spirit endeavoring to communicate to us at this time? Here it is, Hosea chapter 10, verse 12. Underline that verse. Read it, meditate on it. Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. Breaking up our fallow ground speaks of brokenness, breaking up the, the hardened heart and humbling ourselves before the Lord. Well, how do we break up this hardness of heart? By seeking the Lord with all of our heart. Now, the simplest way I can explain the term seeking the Lord what does it mean? How do I seek the Lord? The simplest way I can explain the term seeking the Lord is this, is by keeping our focus on him. Keep your focus on the Lord. In every situation, in every circumstance you find yourself in, look to the Lord. He lives within you. We look to his word. We are thankful we consult and inquire of the Lord through the Spirit. We converse with Him. We abide in Him. That is how we seek the Lord. In fellowship with Him, we seek His will above all else. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. That's how we seek the Lord. We walk with Him. We inquire of him. We converse with him. I, am, I was trying to fix the, the, uh, the clock next to my wife's bedside two days ago. And I'm trying and I'm doing what I've always been doing and I can't succeed. It, it just wouldn't work. I stopped for a moment and I said, Lord, what's wrong with this clock? Why isn't it working? Immediately the thought came to my mind. You need to put a battery in. But it was plugged in and I could see the light on it, but it still didn't work unless I put a battery in. 
So I went to the store, bought the battery, fitted the battery in. The thing worked like a clock. I was, I managed to uh, adjust it to the right time. And you know, whatever, whatever situation you may be facing, whether it's small or great crisis, the Lord is ever present. He says, I am always with you. I will never leave you. I will not forsake you. The book of Psalms says he's an ever-present help in a time of need. Whatever you are facing, talk to God about it. Lord, why isn't this working? Where have I missed it? I know you can't miss it. Where am I missing it? And listen. Listen and learn to pick up the promptings, the, the thoughts that come to your mind. God sometimes will use a scripture to speak to you. That's what it means to seek the Lord. Someone does harm to you and your flesh rises up and, and wants to retaliate, wants to speak and say things that we shouldn't say. Stop. Lord, just look to the Lord and say, Lord, how do I respond to this? And God will show you. Not only he will show you, but he will give you the grace to respond in the way that will not harden your heart. Talk to God about it. If you, if you have anger in your, in your heart, if you have um, an offense, talk to God about it. Don't walk away. Say, Lord, help me. How do I deal with this? That's what it means to seek the Lord. doesn't mean that you spend days on your knees or hours on your knees begging and crying out to God. No, seeking the Lord is acknowledging him in all situations. The word of God says in the book of um, Proverbs, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And when you do, he will direct your paths. Don't make decisions independent of the Lord, even though you may feel you know what to do. God has a better way always. And his ways are far above our ways and far better than our thoughts, than our ways. And all it takes is a simple gaze of faith on the Lord. And that's what the scriptures mean. Seek God with all your heart. Look unto the Lord, who is the author and the finisher of your faith. And you will see how God will respond to you. And he will show you and he will give you wisdom. And he will give you understanding in the area that probably you've been struggling with. We forfeit so much peace and blessing because we neglect to go to, the, to God about things. Amen? Are you, ready? Are you with me? This is how we maintain the tenderness in our hearts. We keep watch over what, what goes on in our eyes, what goes on in our ears. We protect that area of our lives because out of that, out of your heart, spring the forces, the issues of life the direction your life will go. And I trust you, we've learned something from the series of the dangers of the heart and heart. Not only the, the dangers, but also how to maintain a soft and a tender and a pliable heart towards God. So before we receive communion and, and give thanks over your gifts, I'd like to close the series in prayer and when we finish praying, I'm going to give you some time to get the emblems and get ready for communion. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for your precious word. We thank you that you are ever present, ever ready, ever willing to minister to us, to do good, to give direction and wisdom and guidance. Thank you for the warnings you're giving us, the teachings you communicate and the revelation knowledge that you're imparting to us concerning about the importance of keeping a close watch over our hearts. We give you praise for the Holy Spirit within us who helps us maintain a soft and a tender heart. We give you praise and we give you thanks for your goodness, your loving kindness, and for all the blessings you bestow upon us, Father, from day to day. I pray for each and every one of us, wherever we may be, that we learn how to respond to your spirit, how to cooperate with your spirit, with your word, how to fellowship and communicate with you, even in the slightest and smallest matters that we might be facing, because you concerned intimately about us, Lord. I praise you and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.